something a little different this morning uh, because my desire is to as we go into the new year my desire is to make sure that we understand that in this year of believing the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 faith comes through the word of God, by hearing and hearing through the word of God. And, and, and so what I want to do is kind of give half my time to you and half the time for me. And we're going to do uh, what is called an inductive Bible study. If you could put up the screen right now. Uh, if you need a pen, please get a pen. And uh, and deductive Bible study, we call this so that to help you remember, because you know I like acronyms, and we call it SOAP. SOAP. And the thing about SOAP is that you use soap, obviously, to, to wash and to clean. At least we hope you do. Amen. And, uh, and so I brought a one of my favorite soaps. Oh, she likes Dove, so I'm going to give this to you. Um, it's Dove. And there's a reason why we're calling it, reason why we chose Dove, and I'll tell you that in a moment. But um, the scripture that I want you to think about as you get in the word of God um, is John chapter 15, verse 3, where Jesus says to his, uh, his disciples, uh, now... Now you are clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. The word of God will clean us. Amen. The word of God will clean us. And so it's imperative that you stay in the word of God. Just like you wash up every day, turn your name and say, at least I hope so. Okay. <laughs> you, want to, you want to make sure that you uh, use some soap and wash yourself with the word of God. And then, this is another scripture, particularly for you husbands and those of us who are going to the marriage retreat this weekend, uh, before you woo-woo, as a man anyways, keep this scripture in mind. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, husband, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Why? How? How does he make her holy? Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word of God. Through the word of God. Anybody like, Mike, how does that smell to you? I like it. <laughs> how about you? Nice and soft. Mm, oh, nice and soft. See? Yeah, we'll try one more people, person. You like that? Good. Okay, good. So we'll give that to you. It's dove soap. It's dove soap. And you may say, why dove soap? Well, because we know and we 
talked about this in the partnership uh, uh, session yesterday, that the dove, Mark chapter 1, represents the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, when he came out of the water, a voice said, this is my son who I'm well pleased, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came down upon Jesus. Are you following me so far? And you may say, what's the importance of that? Because Jesus says, regarding the word, regarding the scriptures you are now holding your hand, it is very important for you to understand that Jesus said when he talked about his disciples following him, in John 6, verse 63, he says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so it's imperative for us to understand that we will not receive anything from reading the scriptures unless the Holy Spirit speaks. Because John chapter 20, John 14 verse 26 tells us that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And David understood this, that without the Holy Spirit reading the Bible, you might as well be reading a biology textbook. Reading the Bible, you might as well be reading um, an autobiography. David understood this when he said in Psalm 119, verse 8, and that's our prayer. Let's bow our heads right now. Open now our eyes, Lord, that we may behold wondrous things out of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what's the soap? What are you going to do this morning? The soap method of studying the Bible, inductive Bible studies, S is first, you got to have the scripture. Okay? You can't do inductive Bible study and not have scripture. Are you following me? I love one of my favorite authors uh, is uh, A.W. Tozer. He has a book. You may want to get it. Uh, he, he wrote back in the early, well, the mid-1900s, and he wrote a book called The Pursuit of God. Fantastic book if you want to draw closer to God, if you want to hunger for God. But you don't do inductive Bible study out of A.W. Tozer's book. You do it out of the word of God. So you have to have a scripture and just read it. What does the scripture say? And then observation. What do you notice? What do you see? What strikes you? And usually what strikes you is what the Holy Spirit is trying to get across to us. Amen? And then application. How will it work in your life? How is it relevant? How will you apply the word? The, the morning... Uh, uh, prayer group, we're traveling through the book of James. Uh, James chapter 1 was last week, James chapter 2 this week, if you want to track with uh, the prayer teams. James chapter 1, what does he says? He says, if you look in the word of God and don't do what the word says, you're, you're just fooling yourself. Okay? So we, we're, not, we're not studying the word to get smarter. We're studying the word to grow. And I shared this uh, uh, um, yesterday or Friday night. I said, you can either have 25 years of experience or one year of experience 25 times. 
thank you. Because some of you didn't get that. Some of you think you're growing, but you're not. You can either have 25 years of experience or one year of experience 25 times, meaning that you're not, you're not growing, you're just growing older. And you'd only grow through the word of God and putting into action. And I like what Elder Anita said and Elder Leon says. You, and, and I heard this from Pastor China, we can all learn in isolation. <clears throat> That's why we have study rooms and go to Starbucks and get in a quiet place. But you can only grow in community. See, you don't know if you're patient until you get a second child. We used, we used to say that, right? These people who have one child. I mean, you're, you're doing all right, but it's two-on-one. Amen? You found out we have two. Now it's one-on-one, and my hat goes off for you to have two and, no, three and four. <laughs> She's like, you better preach, Bishop. You grow. You find out, you find out who you are when you get married. Mm. Some of you, you are, I want to get married, Prince Charming, but when he comes with that carriage that turned into pumpkin, you, 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 the day may come when you may, no, keep going. I wish you never stopped. You learn about yourself. You learn about yourself. Are you really a team player? You don't learn until you're on a team. Are you a good loser? You won't learn until you lose. Speaking from a sore loser. Uh, and then the thing that we can't leave out when, when God speaks to us is prayer. Turn, watch the Lord shows you in this scripture in prayer. And so I'm going to have the lovely Madeline come and she is going to read the scripture. Uh, can you give Madeline some love? We appreciate you, Maddie. Mark chapter. <laughs> Mark chapter four two to twenty. All right, this might take me a minute. <laughs> he taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, "Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path." And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it was not, have, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered away because they did not have roots. Some seeds fell along the thorns, which grew up and, and choked the plants so that they could not bear grain. Still, other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced crops, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Then Jesus said to them, the farmers who sow the world, some people are like seeds along the path. The word is sown. 
As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away, takes away the word that was sown into them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, the last they last only a short time. When trouble or per, per, <laughs> persecution comes, comes because the word, they quickly fall away. Still, others, like seeds sown along thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, deceitfulness of wealth, and desire for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seeds sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts to receive the word, and their lives bear fruit. Some yield the harvest of 30, 60, some 100 times more than was sown. Thank you. Amen. It pays to be in the word. So for the next six minutes to, to 925, here, I'm going to let you read it, circle, uh, do it by yourself. Don't do it in a group because I'm going to allow you to talk in groups in a little, in a moment. But for those of you, if you're first time guests and you're trying to figure this out, just observe what you see. You can underline, you can circle, you can write notes on the side. That's why I hope that solid paper you got. And, you know, just take some, the time. If the sound crew can put on some soft soaking music, that would be helpful. And I didn't say soca, I said soaking. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Get get in the word and stay there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I said underline. You see words that are repeated, sentences that strike you. Even if you don't understand it, maybe say, hmm, that's interesting. Just, just underline it. Just circle it. Okay, now we're going to give you a moment, the next 10 minutes, to just talk and share amongst each other um, what you saw what struck you uh, maybe it, it's not maybe it's not anything deep other than the fact that the word seed was repeated a bunch of times you don't have to interpret it if you have it that's fine but if you don't that's fine too but why don't you begin sharing if you don't know the person next to you introduce yourself and I'll give you the next 10 minutes just to share with somebody around you. I, I'm, I'm giving you just a window into my life and how I approach the scriptures. If I don't get a chance to say this, um, I want to encourage you over the next week to do this same thing that you just did this morning with Mark chapter 
sorry, this week, Mark chapter 5. Okay, so we're going to travel through Mark. We did Mark chapter 4 right now, do Mark chapter 5, and just use the same uh, process of approaching the scripture. So let's, let's give you some time to report. Uh, you, you don't have to. I'm just going to say who wants to uh, share and briefly so that everybody, not everybody, so that everybody I intend to ask or the number I intend to ask can, can um, get an opportunity to share. So we'll start off with uh, Eric. Why don't you share what you saw? So I was looking at verse 4. It says, um, the seed was scattered along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And I just think about it, as life gets busier, uh, there are distractions that come and take away from the attention you might have put on the word. And so what just watching out for the birds of the air, even before the <laughs> you get to how good the soil is. Thank you. Anybody else want to share something? Oh, my man, Gideon, go on, brother. So I feel like this story, it's showing that, like, the bird is like the devil. So when the devil, um, as it says that the plants, when the plants are getting um, thrown into the path to grow, that the birds are eating it. So I feel like the devil is taking, um, like, the us away from him. So I think that we're the seeds and that the farmer is Jesus and the soil is the Holy Spirit. So it's growing. But the way I said it, I changed it a little bit. So I was thinking that the birds is Jesus, so that if the seeds are scattered around the path, and Jesus is Jesus changes, um, like Jesus is the um, is the farmer. Well, Jesus is the bird, and he's eating the, he's messing around with the the seeds, which is us. So I was thinking that even though Jesus messes around with us, we can still be the same. I love. Any, anybody else? Anybody there after him? <laughs> You're like, oh, that's my TBQ, JBQ kid. <laughs> I'm going to go a different direction uh, from Gideon. Um, it says the birds came and ate it. So it scattered the uh, seeds. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Uh, th- that's the first time this is hitting me this way. And, um, yes, we always look at this as a bad thing, that the birds came and ate it. But for the first time, uh, the Holy Spirit was telling me, you got to come to a place where you're going to put a little more effort into things that won't just benefit you and your family directly. Are you willing to do stuff that's going to benefit the world you will never meet? Scatter your seed. Help people that are never going to, you know, some, not, this is not going to benefit just you and your children. Do stuff for the other. Right. Amen. Anybody? Oh, Lisa? I was struck by what we are told to do. I think as someone who's like a do, 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 go, 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 like his first command in verse three is listen. And then when he talks about the good soil, which is obviously what we're shooting for, says, and there, um, this is on the back page, it says represents those who open their hearts. And it just made me think about the importance of listening and receiving and opening before that good fruit comes. Dr. Fred. I like questions, so I made a bunch of questions. I'll read a couple of them. What determines the kind of soil that we can be? How does one improve the productivity of the soil? What makes the word unfruitful? Why does trouble come? 
And Fred again. <laughs> um, for for me, what stuck out was seeing like the two words, the word, how everywhere it's capitalized except the end of verse 15, where it says Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Like, because he was able to come and take it away, like sometimes, like we hear scripture, like the Lord will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But if we don't actually believe it in our hearts, then they're just empty words. And they have no power. Okay, I got two more. One, and then the last one. Verse 6, 17, and 20. Verse 6. But when the sun came, the plant was scorched, and they withered away because they had no roots. Plant needs the sun for photosynthesis. But what the, sun, what the plant needed was what killed the plant. Because there was no roots. We need, sometimes when we see challenges, we see them as something negative. No, they are not. They are meant to build us up. But when we're not prepared for it, it kills us. 17. But since they had no root again, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Again, trouble and persecutions. We need to see it in a different light. They are not meant to bring us down. But when we are not ready and prepared for them, they bring us down. The last one, 20. The three, okay, it says one brings out 30, 160, 100. The three of them had the same parameter. They all brought good fruit, some 30, 60, and 100. We have to be content. God judges us based on our capacity, not on what we produce. Oh, that was a group. That was a group talk. Okay, last person. Okay, I see it kind of different. Um, so I see the seed as the word of God, and I see the farmer as someone who is trying to spread the word of God. And then, so the farmer, I feel like the seeds that did not grow, it's because there was no follow up, and. As a farmer, you know where to plant your seeds. You know the good soil. You know soils that seeds will not just grow on. Um, so I feel like the farmer also has something to do where it's like you don't just preach to people. You make sure you let the word um, grow root before you leave them alone. So you just don't plant something and just leave it. So. Amen. Okay. I'm going to give you three more minutes. This is what I want you to do. I want you to just, the person who you were in the group with, I want to give you three minutes to pray out some of the things that are on your sheet, okay? I want you to pray out with them. You can point out something and just pray out what the Lord was showing you. And then I'll have one person close out with what the Lord showed them. Okay, as an illustration, I'm going to have uh, Sister Elisa pray over what she had shared earlier. Let's join her in prayer.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you for the ways that you can continually use it to teach us. Um, God, I thank you for this parable, and I pray that you help me to listen and to have the open heart that you ask us to have. God, um, I know that you want good fruit from me, and God, I confess that sometimes I can get in the way of that by thinking that I know what to do before I listen. So God, I ask that you help me to listen, help me to have the open heart so that you can produce the good fruit and good soil. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, could we just give God praise for speaking to us? <laughs> speaking to us. I want to piggyback on what Elisa said because that's my sermon. Be the quickest sermon you ever hear from me. Um, I want to speak to you on the subject of that verse, um, verse 19. I want to speak to you on the subject other things. Other things. Other things. That the desire for other things can keep the seed of the word from being fruitful. What struck me is, you know me, I'm looking up all sorts of words, and I looked up the word other, and it simply means the second of two. The second thing of two things. Well, what's the first thing? The first thing is Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these other things shall be added unto you. So other things besides the kingdom will destroy the seed of God's word. What are your other things? The other thing regarding this seed that will make the seed fruitful is open hearts. Again, he says an open heart will have an impact on the seed. And here's what struck me because Elisa says something that was very powerful. Jesus, no, um, the writer of Hebrews says he, he, he maps out a reason why people don't come into the promised land, into the place that God has for them. And, and one of the reasons why people don't come into the place that God has for us is he says, because we're not listening to the voice of God. God does not speak to your ears. He speaks to your heart. How do I know? Because the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, today, today, God is always speaking. Today, if you would hear his voice, don't harden your heart. The writer of Hebrews is quoting 
the word in the Old Testament. Psalm 95, same verses, 7 and 8. Today, if you would hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't, don't get an attitude. And some of us, our hearts have been hardened by circumstances. When we say things like, this always happens to me, so why should I believe? Your heart has been hardened. And here's the interesting thing. Here's a heart. And it's white. And it's pure. You can have a heart that is doing the, that, that loves God. A heart that's trying to live holy. And yet, you can still have a hard heart. Living holy, but can't hear God's voice. You can have a heart of gold. This is pink gold. Yes. Uh, yeah, a pretty heart. A heart of gold, but still hard. There are, I, I've grown up in church where people are living for God and living right, but they do not have the ability to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because if the word of God is water, if the word of God is to be soaked into our hearts, then you need a heart that is soft. A heart that is pliable. A heart that if I drop this in water and the devil tried to squeeze me, what would come out is the word of God. Ask the person next to you, what comes out of you when you're under the squeeze? Because, because, watch this, because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. Are you really open to hearing what God is saying? Are you, like the scripture says, Jesus says this so many times while he's talking through the gospels, he or she who has ears, let them hear what? what the Holy Spirit is saying. Not what your logic is saying. What is the Holy Spirit saying? This parable speaks of other things drawing you away. This parable thinks, speaks of, is your heart open? This parable speaks of the fact that you can have the outcomes that God has for you outcomes that satisfy and uh, Deacon Eric and I were sharing and he said something so profound uh, I want you to share it you can be part of my sermon about the 30 so the last verse on the back side um, says if you have open hearts to receive the word and, your, and their lives bear good fruit some yield a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times more than was sown. And we were joking that 
my bent is always to go for the home run, always to go for the 100 times. And if I don't get the 100, then it was it's like a zero. But with Gene's here saying there's room for 30, there's room for 60, and that's still uh, a blessing. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor there's room for 30. Some of you, God, you wanted the 100, but you got the 30. And you, you need to praise God for the 30. So you didn't get the dream job, but it's better than being unemployed. So you didn't get the dream house, but at least you got a house. Though you, so you didn't get the dream car, but at least it's better than taking the MBTA. So right now, let's pause for 30 seconds and praise God for the 30. Come on, praise God for the 30. Maybe if you praise him for the 30, he'll increase it. Thank you, Jesus. 30 can be enough. Help us to be faithful over the 30. Help us not to be like the lepers who, when you healed them, only one came back and thanked you. Amen. I want to close with this about open hearts. What's an open heart? There's three things that describe an open heart. Number one, an open heart is a heart that is open to correction. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Are you open to correction? Or is everything always personal? Is everything about you? An open heart is a heart that's open to challenges. Correction in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Challenges. One of our scriptures of believe. John chapter 11, verse 40. When Mary and Martha are are weeping over their brother and they said if you were here Jesus my brother would have never died and Jesus challenged them stop holding on to your doubt if you would believe you will see the glory of God for some of you you're only a belief away from your miracle and you have got to have a, I am hearing this so strong in my spirit for me this year you have got to have a faith that will outlast the devil. What does that look like? It looks like what Job said. Though he slay me, I will still trust him. All the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait till my change come. I will outlast the devil. Amen. Say that with me. I will outlast the devil. That, that's the kind of faith you need to have. A faith that outlasts the devil. A faith that says even if I don't get what I'm believing for, God is still good. He's still faithful. And he still provides. And he still answers prayer. My natural circumstance does not affect my belief in God. Are you open to correction? Are you open to challenges? And finally, do you have a heart that's open to change? David says in Psalm 51 verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, 
and renew a right spirit within me. Some of you say, well, what's my heart? Let me give you a nice, easy definition of heart, and then we'll pray. When I think of my heart, I think of one word, attitude. Really, when it really boils down to my heart is my attitude. Which means I can choose, I can really choose how I'm going to accept something based on my heart, based on my attitude. What's your attitude? You say, well, I, don't, I can't stand such and such. Well, actually, if you change your attitude, you could. Charles Swindoll said it like this years ago. He said, watch me. I want you to watch me. Look at me. Watch, watch me. It's your attitude not your aptitude that determines your altitude. Life is 90% attitude and 10% what happens to you. Some of you who probably search YouTube, you've seen the guy who has, I think he has no arms and no legs. And yet, he's a motivational speaker. Yet, he is doing things that people have all their limbs. He's doing more with no limbs than, than most people are with limbs. Because it's his attitude. You need to get rid of destiny's destination disease. Many of you in this church are suffering from destination disease. What is destination disease? Well, if I get the right job, then I'll be happy. If I would only marry, then I'd be happy. Amen. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting my amens from somebody. If I only had a car, then I'll be happy. If I only got my green card finally, then I'll be happy. That's destination disease. If you have Jesus, you need to be happy in Jesus. For he gives us a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's all stand at this time. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Can we just thank you for your patience? I just want us to say one prayer, and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. This is our prayer that we're going to say to the Lord together because this week he is going to speak to us as we continue staying his word. Amen. Amen. Create in me a clean heart and purify me. Purify me. Create in me a clean heart so I may worship thee. Now let me pause. The word says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I don't know about you, but I need to see God. I, I really need to hear from him because there's some things he wants to do in our lives. 
And Lord, I, I'm asking you that our hearts will not be deceived with, 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 with hardness. That the devil has deceived us into thinking that it's okay to have that attitude. No, it's not. We measure our lives by the word of God. So Jesus, we're asking you to create in me a clean heart. Father, in your name, you spoke to us in our quiet time with you, with the sheet that we had before you of your word. Then when we gathered in a group, you spoke some more to us. And then we prayed. And then as a congregation, you asked us about our hearts, our hearts to make sure that our hearts are not drawn away by other things. Have we allowed other things to distract us from you? And then you talk to us about having a heart that's open. And then you spoke to us about outcomes that are okay, that 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 30 is okay, that we don't always have to have the, the home run. We don't always have to wait to the big thing to praise you. But some of us need to just praise you because we're still alive. Some of us need to praise you because we're in our right mind. Some of us need to praise you because you're just simply a good God. We are a good God. And so, Lord, change our heart as we, as we meditate on the book of Mark chapter 5. And as you speak to us, change our hearts and help us to pray what you show us. In Jesus' name, amen.